everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody happy monday yeah hitting the week running trying right? to get like a whole normal schedule out of ourselves this right? week the valor trial ruined us right but so far so good here we are yes yeah well how's it going good it's very good we had a barbecue in my backyard. We, we got our yard all cleaned up and ready for summer. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's happening. It's happened quickly, right? which is the Idaho way. You know, there's not a lot of spring <laughs> around here. We don't get a lot of the spring and fall seasons. We just, it's either hot as hell or cold as balls, you know, whatever. We hope for fall. We beg for fall. Um, happens on a Tuesday, usually. Mm -hmm. But spring, especially this year, we just went from winter to summer. We did. But I can't complain because we had a very long winter. So we yeah, did. And, uh, if you're watching uh, on YouTube, you can see that I got way too much sun this weekend. But uh, <laughs> but had fun. And actually, don't at me about putting on sunblock because I put on sunblock six times and I still burned this much. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty obvious you were also wearing sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Yeah. Yes. I need like face glasses, apparently, to just uh just cover it all up. Cover it all up, yeah. Well, uh this episode sh or should probably just be titled something like Utah, are you okay? Uh yeah. Because no Utah is not okay. My mm -mm. goodness. Somehow we have managed to put all three of our episode or our uh segments today today are about uh cases in utah yeah and they're all not okay yeah really they are troubling. all not okay yeah so christy i'm gonna kick the mic over to you for our first segment which is a crime news update yes all right well let's talk about this rancid sack of mayonnaise right here Ugh. This is definitely been out in the sun too long. Uh, yeah. This is former BYU professor. BYU is in Provo, Utah. This man's name is Michael James Clay. He has just pleaded no contest to some reduced charges of sexual battery against three female students at BYU. Oh, yeah. So the charging documents say that he is engaging in ecclesiastical abuse to accomplish his sexual abuse. So in other words, he's using his religion and his uh, position in it mm -hmm. to sexually abuse students at the university where he, thank God, used to work. Oh, that's horrifying. Now, listen to this. If this doesn't sound a little Chad Daybelly, then you haven't been paying attention. Um, police said that one of his victims told her that he had prayed about her, 
and felt inspired by God to engage in physical contact with her. And that led her to believe that she could not turn him down. Oh. Yeah. Trash. Mm-hmm. In a statement of his plea, he said, I intentionally touched the buttocks of three adult women. I should have known it would cause affront or alarm. Affront or alarm. Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's um really just the beginning of it, though, because he was initially charged with two counts of forcible sexual abuse and a second degree felony. Then two more students came forward and he was charged with four additional accounts of forced forcible sexual abuse, which is a second degree felony. Mm -hmm. So he was charged actually with six counts of forcible sexual abuse. Those charges were dismissed as part of a plea bargain in, in exchange for his guilty pleas to the misdemeanor charges. Unbelievable. This is the kind of bullshit that goes mm -hmm. on in Idaho and Utah yep. when someone who has some sort of status in, we all know it, the Mormon church, um, gets a real pass. And this is bullshit. And that's why I want to talk about it because mm -hmm. he's now pleading to a couple of misdemeanors and lost his job when he was initially charged with six felonies. So does this mean he will not be a registered sex offender? Right. Not I would assume not on misdemeanors. Yeah, oh my God. So. And what a slap in the face to his victims. Right. Additionally, for the ones who did come forward and thank you for being that uh, brave. Yes. Uh, and I'm sorry. You didn't deserve this to happen at all. I'm sure no. that feels very unsafe. But also for the ones who did come forward. Can you imagine how many haven't? Yeah. Right? Because you know it's way more than this. Well, actually, okay, let's look at it a little different way. Hopefully there is mm -hmm. more. Right? That weren't involved in this plea agreement so that they right. can slap him with some harsher charges and because get it this he time. he needs some felonies. He needs some felonies. So The world his... needs him to have some felonies so that he can be a registered sex offender. Right. So that there can be something in place to protect other people. Mm -hmm. He is sentenced to, guess what, two years of probation. Ridiculous. Oh gosh, how terrible. So he was apparently having one-on-one -on -one interactions with students that were kind of like therapy sessions. Oh God. So the victims told police that he used religion to manipulate them by giving them priesthood blessings or talking to them about spiritual alignment. Chad Daybell, anyone? He also was using his position as an associate professor and his ability to connect these students to future jobs to convince oh. them to continue visiting with him or not talk to others about their interactions. So he's blackmailing them. Yeah. And he's given a misdemeanor for this. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So unreal. listen to this. This is a statement from his attorneys. Try not to vomit. Clay, Clay really wants to put this matter behind him. Oh, I bet. Oh, well, gosh, Clay. Yeah. When a person is assailed by allegations of sexual harassment. No, he was not assailed by sexual harassment. He was assailed by charges of sexual abuse. And assailed? Well, really? Yeah. 
You're not yeah, the one that was a sales play. play. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the present social circumstances and suffers the resources of the government on the side of the accuser, the accused may choose to plead no contest to misdemeanors and move his life forward. That is the path, path that Mr. Clay has chosen. Just so you know, his attorneys are Kara Tangaro and Scott Williams. And you know what? Fuck both of you. Mm-hmm. He is not the victim here. He is clearly the offender. He has gotten completely out of this. Six felony charges that were pled down to a couple of misdemeanors. Yeah. That is horrific. Yeah. So these charges started, these reports initially started in April of 2020. The woman who uh, alleged the first charge was an immigrant who was trying to get into the urban development program. Oh yeah. Like he didn't have her over a barrel. Give me a break. Mm. Clay was the head of that program at the time. Clay stopped working at BYU before the charges were filed later that month. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, well, I wonder why. Before they could fire him. Mm -hmm. It's just gross. It's a very hard thing for students at BYU and BYU-Idaho. Right. And my understanding is that this has gotten somewhat better, but there is an honor code office. And there is an honor code that one must follow in order to be a student at a church-owned school. Right. Uh, and if you break that honor code, you're out. You may get one more chance. You may get a little extra uh, grace, and you may not. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's lots of people who have been tossed out on their ass for a myriad of things. Uh, Way less than this. Way less than this. Uh, But but with those, but my point being, uh, and in fact, for the longest time, the uh, the rule or the, uh, the basic understanding was if your roommate is breaking the rules and you don't tune them in, then you're complicit. And when we catch them doing what they're doing, you're also going home. Yeah. Imagine losing your credits. You're the shame of being sent home from the church's school. Your financial uh, aid, potentially. The financial aid, potentially. Like, it's a big, bad deal. It is. And it puts these students in a really precarious position where they are terrified to report things like date rape, like abuse, like this. Uh, and other crimes and things that have happened to them on these campuses because the reality is they could be kicked out of school. Now, I'm not saying that always happens, but it is a reality for a lot of students, and it has created a very unsafe situation, partly because imagine these girls, and obviously some of this was going on, where he was making threats to them, you Mm -hmm. know, that they didn't feel safe to turn this stuff in because right. of stuff he was saying to them. Yeah. That, that obviously is a person worst. in authority over mm-hmm. them. Yeah, it is. It's the absolute worst. And you're, you're a hundred percent right that there's no way that this is the only, these are the only incidents, but that he is ending up with misdemeanors and two years of probation out of this mm-hmm. and has the gall to put out a statement that he mm-hmm. is the victim here. Because the big, bad, mean Fuck government off, and all their Clay. resources. Fuck yeah. Off. Yeah. Totally. Yep. It's Yikes. just absolutely disgusting. But you know what? Let's just say his name a couple more times because 
we want to make sure that if anybody has ever had any experience with him or it does in the future, this is Michael James Clay. Mm -hmm. He is a sexual predator. Stay as far away from this man as possible. Michael James Clay, there he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is a sexual predator who has not been adequately consequenced. Certainly mm-hmm. the, the uh, community has not been protected against his behavior. No. Uh, the best we can do is put out his name in his picture and say, you know what? Watch out for this dude because he's mm-hmm. done this before and he'll do it again. Especially getting little consequences this. Mm-hmm. Come on just makes me furious really really upsetting yeah yeah well speaking of upsetting yeah let's move on to what happened in utah on friday with yet another uh true crime update yeah this is jeremy bailey Jeremy lives in Layton, Utah. Layton is uh, just outside of Salt Lake City. That the greater uh, like Salt Lake Valley has a lot of communities that kind of bleed into each other, and Layton like that to Salt Lake. Layton has about a population of eighty thousand. Uh, Jeremy is former military. It looks like he has been working at Hill Air Force Base. Mm-hmm lived in a community with his wife. Uh, her name was Anastasia, but according to her friends, she goes by Stasia, so we're going to stick with that. Uh, though I've seen some of her family calling her Anna, but uh, we'll stick with what her friends said that she went by Stasia. Well, things have not been well in the marriage. And uh, after a very enlightening conversation today with one of her friends, it sounds like uh, there had been a lot of infidelity on Jeremy's part. They started dating sometime around 2016-ish, 15, 16. Got married a couple of years ago, and there's been pretty consistent cheating. And things have gotten rough and weird. And her dad and stepmom had come from Nevada and were living with them for a time. Uh, and according to one of her friends, we're, we're living with them to help her to unravel this situation and get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just gone south and she needed to mm-hmm. go. Uh, though the friend I talked to said that she's not aware that there was any uh, domestic violence in, in the home. But there had been a fair amount of infidelity and, and problems. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's what we know on that front. Um Last week, sometime around Wednesday, Jeremy contacted a friend and told him he was concerned about himself and felt like he needed to get his guns out of the house for a while. He didn't feel safe having them there. Uh, Apparently, he was uh, quite the gun guy. And so all of his friends had been or all of his guns had been taken to a friend's house and stored in their garage. On Friday morning at 9 a.m., Jeremy bought ammo for a Smithfield 9mm handgun. Mm. And sometime around that same time, a family member, the police haven't said who, but I'm going to err on the side of Stasia, but we'll just say we don't know for sure who, contacted Jeremy's therapist and said that things had really escalated. 
and they felt like they may need to take that they definitely needed to get an attorney and that they may need to get legal intervention to help with the Jeremy situation. At 9.43, this was posted on Stage's Facebook page. A post in caps that said, Massacre, Suicide, Jeremy Bailey just killed everyone. Becky Stevens, Don Stevens, and three of the four dogs and then listed their address. Mm -hmm. As you can imagine, people reacted and responded to this post. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of comments. People were terrified. What does this even mean? Please call me or message me if you can. I love you and I hope you're okay. If you're alive, please message me. I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, people, question marks and oh no. And what the hell? And will someone pick me up and go over there with me? And what the fuck? Oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Are you safe? Is this true? Stasia. People were scared to death. Yeah. And for good reason. At 945, just two minutes after this was posted on Facebook, Jeremy called 911 and spoke to dispatch and let them know that he had just shot and killed Stacia and her dad and her stepmom and three of the family's dogs. So we have, of course, Stacia, we have Becky Stevens and Don Stevens. So they send the police over. He stays on the phone with dispatch. According to the probable cause affidavit, he told dispatch that he had gotten all of his guns out of the house, but had forgotten that one of the victims had a gun. Yes. So he went and bought ammo and took that gun and used it to massacre the family. He also told dispatch that there was a murder-suicide taking place. It appears to me from the Facebook post and from the probable cause and what he said to dispatch that his intention was to off himself. Why he didn't, he chickened out, I guess. Dispatch talked him out of it, not sure. But for whatever reason, he ended up not killing himself. So the police get there and of course discover a horrific scene. Uh, there are two dogs that have been shot and killed at the base of the stairs inside the house. Going up the stairs, um, all three victims are in separate bedrooms. They've all died from gunshot wounds. The police find on the kitchen table two cell phones and the weapon. They find in his truck a receipt for the ammunition and then find CCTV footage later of him purchasing the ammunition. Mm -hmm. He tells the police in the uh, probable cause, he asks them if uh, the firing squad that Utah has just reauthorized is going to be available to him and that he would like to have the death penalty. I don't think you should get it, Jeremy. Still I really don't. think you're in control, jackass? Because yeah, you're not. He's in control. Let's and... put you in prison for the rest of your life so that you have to face this. Yeah. Don't know why you get to just get out there, Jeremy. I don't think you should. Mm -mm. This is what the scene uh, in the neighborhood looked like. Oh, while God. they were 
bringing in all of the units to investigate. Uh, when dispatch, he stayed on the phone with dispatch and they correlated, coordinated with the police for him to surrender peacefully. They brought, took him into custody with no issues at all. And that's where he sits. I want to tell you a little bit about Stasia. This is Stasia. She was 36. She would have been everybody's best friend. She was everybody's best friend. Uh, her friends will say that she was able to help them when they were in the darkest of times. That she was a bright light to everybody that she met. She was a gifted artist, both uh, more contemporary and also a tattoo artist that uh, put, it sounds like put ink on a lot of her friends. Mm. She also was really known for her love of Halloween and Christmas. And she uh, was very known for her decor, that she'd do her yard up big for Halloween and Christmas. And when people would come to see her yard, there was a donation can out for a local dog res rescue. Mm -hmm. She also was a dog trainer and had helped a lot of people with their dogs and had been working as a dog trainer. Uh, she had not had any children, uh, had wanted to, but had been, had not had the opportunity to have kids. By all accounts, from everyone I've spoken to and everything I have read, this girl was beloved by everybody and was an absolute sweetheart. It's horrifying to think that she was this close to getting out, yeah. that her parents were there to help her. Reminds me of another case in Utah last fall uh, when a family annihilator took out his entire family and his mother-in-law and then himself. Yes. Uh, also, of course, in Utah, um, she was almost there. It's just, it, it's heart-wrenching to think that this happened. It is. It is. And, it, and that her parents lost their lives for this, too. Yeah, because they were there to help her, help her to get out of there and get her life back on track. So this is Becky and Dawn. Yeah. Uh, her friends also say that Becky and Dawn were the nicest people you'd ever want to meet, were a ton of fun, and that, that some of them had had just wonderful experiences with them as well. These were good people. Yeah. You know, they cared about their daughter. They were trying to help her. Uh, obviously, it was known there was something wrong, going really wrong in Jeremy's head. He told the police that there was uh, some sort of a domestic uh, altercation with Stasia that morning. And that's they don't know exactly what that was, or at least we don't know exactly what that was or what set this off. But this is what happened. Uh, it's, it's a miracle. Mm -hmm that he's in custody. One thing he did not do, he didn't kill the dog that was her pride and joy. Now I'm going to assume that all of the dogs were her pride and joy because right. uh, a lot of her friends say that uh, she liked animals a lot more than she liked people. Yeah, and she was a dog trainer. I mean, she mm -hmm. loved dogs. She loved her dogs and your dogs and anybody else's dogs she could come across. Right. So she had an older uh, Boston Terrier little female Boston Terrier that was her pride and joy. He didn't kill that dog. And in the uh, arrest affidavit, he told police that he really didn't want to see that dog end up in the shelter. Mm. 
again, still thinking he's in charge. Right. Now, luckily, in, not on his for his uh, well-being, but for Stacia's, uh, an aunt was able to take the dog. They, the detectives gave the dog to an aunt that uh, ended up on scene, and they are taking care of her, and she's she's going to be okay. Mm. Isn't that interesting, though? That he he killed three dogs, but he didn't kill that one. Clearly, purposely didn't kill that one. Right? Like somehow that's some kind of fucked up mercy. You killed three people and three dogs. Yeah. Like, what you think that wins you some points or something, Jackass? Wow. So he's being charged with three counts of murder, three counts of aggravated discharge of a firearm, and three counts of. Uh, Aggravated animal cruelty. Good. They charged him for the dogs. Charged him for everything. Everything. And don't give him the death penalty, please. No. No. Let him sit and stew for this. Frankly, if you ask for the death penalty, in my opinion, you don't get it. Right. That's his easy way out. He didn't have the nerve to do it for himself. He's hoping they'll give him the firing squad. No, Jeremy. Mm-mm. No. Sit your ass in prison and think mm-hmm. about what you've done for the rest of your life. Absolutely. As if asking for the death penalty makes it happen quicker. I'll tell you what, it doesn't. No. If you are sentenced to the death penalty, there are mandatory appeals that have to mm-hmm. happen. It will still be many years before you would be executed anyway. And just saying you want it does not change that. Legally, no. everyone who gets the death penalty also gets a certain number of appeals. That is required. Yep. It is in hopes of not... Mm-hmm. Um, executing innocent people yeah yeah not that that always works because it doesn't but no but that's that's what's built into our system yeah 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 as well it should be but well most definitely but yeah just thinking just give me the death penalty means i'm going to plead guilty and they'll give me the death penalty no jeremy you'll have years before that happens also we'll see if you plead guilty because i'll bet you don't right we'll see we'll see yep uh, some of the neighbors have been interviewed in, in some of those, uh, and I've linked some articles here to some of those, but one of the neighbors said that, uh, she was driving home from somewhere last week and saw Jeremy and dad, Don, or well, father-in-law Don, mm-hmm. uh, standing out at the road, having a heated, uh, argument mm-hmm. by and large, the neighbors are absolutely stunned. Some like next door neighbors said they had heard some yelling from the house uh, here and there, but mostly the neighbors are like, these were super nice people and they did their big Halloween and Christmas displays and they were, they seemed to be doing great. They were just, you know, but this is that reality that we never know what goes on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because you frequently hear that in cases Mm -hmm. like this doesn't mean anything just means Mm -hmm. they were hiding. He was hiding it. He was threatening her to keep her hiding it. I'm sure. I mean, I'll bet you $100 there was domestic violence, but she wasn't talking about it. didn't tell anybody. She spoke to one of her friends on Wednesday and talked to her about that uh, cheating had started up again and that Mm -hmm. she was trying to figure out what to do. So Let let me give you all a little hint. If a friend says, I'm struggling, I want you to take all my guns, you take all the guns and then you report that to the police immediately yeah. because yeah. that makes a 
because you know the last murder suicide that we talked about we that you had referenced mm -hmm. the man who killed his his wife mother-in-law and all of their children and then himself had done the same thing yep and yep. he still killed his whole family he still got a gun it's yeah. not that hard to get one sure isn't not here in the west you can turn your guns over to somebody and then just go buy another one right you know yeah, this can. gun sounds like this gun came from inside the house that uh, if somebody does that you report that else. to the police yep and you let the police get in there and see do a welfare check and see if there needs to be some intervention because that does not yeah. mean that the problem is solved at all absolutely absolutely and not uh painting any blame on the friend at all no not at all it's just it's way. something we need to think about because yeah. we all could be in the position of that at one point or another absolutely and it's just more of the see something say something yes it is. you know and if it seems like something is that wrong in somebody's world yeah the worst definitely. that can happen is they'll be mad at you, you yeah know? oh well mad at you and alive is a lot better than the alternative yeah yep absolutely so that's what we know um i haven't been able to see the arrest affidavit quite yet uh once we do if there's anything different uh, or new to that we'll update that in case updates mm -hmm. this is an interesting one because we have a perp and we have a preliminary confession in the arrest affidavit mm -hmm. and yet uh, this will still be a long foray through court so I wanted to yeah. open it uh, partly just so that we could honor the victims because uh, I Definitely. have a feeling that had we known Stacia we would have adored her and been her yeah. friend I think a lot of you guys would have too I can see that a lot of people are hurting from her death that uh, adored her too yeah. and and that's not much at all for me to be able to tell you about her parents. I don't know very much about her parents, to be fair, but um, yeah. I know that they were willing to drop everything and move yeah. to Utah temporarily to help their daughter. Right. And I think that says everything. Yeah. So we will update you as this case marches on, but we want to send all of the love in the world to Stage's family and friends, to everybody who's been hurt by this, uh, by this, by these murders. Yeah. yeah, I keep seeing this referred to in the news as a tragedy and it pisses me off because tragedy to me is an accident, not an intentional act. Yeah. So we're going to call it what it is, which is a triple homicide. Yeah. And a massacre. A massacre. Well, yeah, Jeremy coined it best, a massacre, yeah. except for he missed out on that suicide part. And I'm glad he did. I'm really yeah. glad. He deserves to stand accountable for this and frankly... Yeah, for friends does. and family, they should get to see him stand accountable for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, with that, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you for some more true crime news out of Utah. Imagine. Well, let's talk about another piece of human trash. This guy. Oh, boy. This is... Parth Gandhi. Parth Gandhi has been a Utah psychedelic doctor. And he has committed now what police believe to be a murder-suicide murder of himself and his teenage son. Uh -huh. So they were their bodies were found at his work which is the offices of psychedelic therapy and research in salt lake city 
That's where Gandhi worked as a, a neuropsychologist. And he was the clinical director with a focus on psychedelics. Wow. He's also worked um, in ketamine clinics as well. Uh -huh. So you may or may not know, but ketamine is used, has been used in, ketamine infusions have been used to uh, help really severe depression and, and, yeah. and severe chronic pain. Uh -huh. Psychedelics are also being um, uh, tested and studied in the use of treating mental health issues. Yeah. Uh, it's a really fascinating and really important um, area of work. It's huge. Yeah, it is. It's really important. So let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, his 16 year old son's name was Om Gandhi. He was 16. As I think I said that twice now. Um, Om, uh, according to a friend of Om's mother. So, Om's mother is Leah Moses, and, and Om also had a has a sister. I don't know the sister's name. Um, but Anne Blythe, who is a friend of Leah Moses, said, Om is known to everyone who knows him as a kind and compassionate boy. Uh, he was a high school junior. Uh, he was an amazing musician, apparently very, very skilled. Uh, he also loved basketball and um, just was an all-around good kid. A lot of people loved him and saw him as a very talented young man. There's been a, a, a custody battle that's gone on between um, Parth and Lee for a long, long time. Many years. Uh -huh. And Lee did manage to get custody of her daughter, but Parth kept home. Um, and he would basically do anything to keep Lee from getting custody of him to the level of murder-suicide. He killed his son to keep his, his ex-wife from getting custody of him. My God. Which is really the most selfish and fucked up thing I can imagine. Uh -huh. um, another thing Anne Blythe said, this is a quote from her. She said, Lee and her daughter genuinely feel like Ohm is their hero. They feel like he saved them and they feel like he sacrificed himself so that they could be safe. Wow. Uh, clearly, Parth was not a safe person at all. No, no, clearly not. It's so strange to me because the last names of the parents are Gandhi and Moses. Yeah. Can you imagine? So in court, these are cases, Gandhi versus Moses or Moses versus Gandhi, which is very mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um. So Lee Moses filed for divorce in 2009. Mm -hmm. It took clear till 2014 to finalize their divorce. And the fight over custody has continued since then. Wow. This has been a really long, heated, difficult situation. How terrible for both of the kids. I mean, pre-murder suicide how terrible for both of the kids right like your whole growing up your parents are fighting over you that's awful yeah that's awful but to go to this level wow yeah so in february awful. of 2022 the courts awarded gandhi full custody of om in a temporary order that was issued in the third district court it said parth shall have legal custody of minor son these are his initials omg 
the names in this situation are so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not that the names are weird. It's just the connection. But anyway, uh, with the final decision-making authority re- regarding education and medical issues. So he was given full custody. Um, although last month there was a custody evaluation report that was filed with the court. So, um, Lee had a custody evaluation again, trying to get, uh, custody of, oh, she clearly knew that this was not a, that Parth was not a safe person. No, no. Um, so in the custody evaluation, it outlined all of the problems in the family, and it recommended that Lee uh, get full custody of own. Yeah. So um, Lee Moses had protective orders against Gandhi on two different ca- occasions, 2009 and 2011. Oh. So he's made her life a living hell for quite some time. He's made all their lives a living hell. And now has stolen her son from her forever. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So there won't be really an update to this case, obviously, because the offender is dead. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know. I If you live in Utah, I want you to be really aware of what's happening around you and of the people in your life and yeah. the situations happening with them. Because we have seen so much familial murder yeah. and sexual abuse coming mm-hmm. out of Utah that it is frightening. Just when I thought Idaho was a hot mess, man, Utah we, said, we are, but hold so my diet Coke. Yeah. yeah. These family murders, we've seen quite a few of them. We talked about another one just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it, it's terrifying, but it's something it I think we all need to be aware of and be aware of the people in your life and be asking questions. And if people start turning over weapons, that is a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. You know, did did anybody think that Parth Gandhi would have gone this far? No. Everybody is surprised to think that he would sure. actually take his life and son's life to what? Win? When the over son his was ex-wife? 16? 16. He only had two more years. Right. Two more years that he would have been able to flex this kind of custody over his son or his ex-wife two more years right and he was at risk of losing it based on that custody evaluation anything to win i guess apparently that's so sick and so wrong but it also makes uh, you wonder what ohm has been enduring all of these years doesn't it especially with that statement by mom yeah that he sacrificed himself for her and her daughter Mm -hmm. that sounds to me like that's apt yep and that uh does my God. Yeah. Well, so much love to mom, to the daughter, to yeah. all of the, the schoolmates, the classmates. Can you imagine how this must feel to all these kids? No, I cannot imagine. Or his friends, maybe his teammates. Right. And he was yeah. way into music. So he was probably, you know, in orchestra or band. I don't know what instrument he played. So he, you know, but he was probably involved in the musical groups and maybe the theater groups at his school. And I mean, a a death like this is devastating to a community. Oh my God. Very, very sad. Not to mention the patients. Dr. Parth's patients. Can you imagine? Dr. Parth's patients or or Dr. Gandhi's patients. Oh yeah. Dr. Gandhi. Yeah. Can you imagine? If you just learned that your doctor just did this, 
I, I cannot imagine how shocking and terrifying that would be. But also because they are using psychedelics to treat really Trauma. sensitive stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. to find out that this is what your doctor was actually up to. Yeah. Oh. While he was supposedly helping you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's definitely re-traumatizing for sure. It is. But, but also if he was helping them and now he's gone. Now yeah. what? Now what? I know. There's just, there, there's so many reasons why this is rocks that community uh, in so many ways. My God. Yeah. Well, Utah, get it together. Yeah. Nobody deserves this. No, absolutely wow. not. Well, that's what we have for uh, Monday. Mm -hmm. We will be back tomorrow on Tuesday with a brand new episode. We'll be back Wednesday with a brand new episode. And we'll be back Wednesday night for Wednesday night case updates. Yes, we will. Uh, where we update all of the cases that we're following or as many of them as we can. Uh, yeah. Well, and Brian Koberger's, uh, Brian Koberger's arraignment is today. Yeah. Um, so we'll be talking about that. There will be no cameras, no nothing in the courtroom. And nope. so we'll only know after the fact, but we'll definitely yep. be telling you more about that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> He's expected to plead not guilty. It will be, it'll be right. a brief event, but. It will, but um, it's one step further for him, which is good. And there were a few new details that we didn't know uh, from the grand jury indictment. So we can mm -hmm. talk about that. Uh, and the Dateline well. episode. Yes. And we'll talk about that too, because the Dateline episode was also really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So look for so. that for tomorrow. Yeah, for Wednesday night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All well, right. I, really for Tuesday. I was planning to talk about that oh. on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, by God. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got it. <laughs> all righty. Well, you guys take good care of yourselves. You know you deserve it. You all get a cookie. Take care. Mm -hmm. Be sure to like, share, follow, you know, all the things. Comment. It helps us, and we appreciate you guys a lot. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.